Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. All right, lovelies, I'm so excited for you guys to experience this episode with Miss Alexis Mercado. She is a transpersonal healing therapist, and she brings basically everything that I would want in a therapist into one package. She uses mind, body, and spirit techniques to help heal people after they've experienced some sort of trauma. A lot of you guys have been asking me about trauma on Instagram. How do I heal? How do I move forward? Will I ever heal after a trauma? And Alexis shares her insight and knowledge from personal experience with trauma and how she got through that as well as how she helps her clients move through a traumatic experience as well. Now, if you're listening to this thinking, I haven't experienced a trauma, this isn't for me, tune in. Even those of us who maybe not had a huge trauma in our life likely have had something happen to us that's traumatic, or we may be suppressing something that's traumatic. And so be open as you're listening to this. Start to feel how you respond. I was surprised to have some stuff come up after, you know, in the past few weeks and after this episode. This episode really helped me raise my own awareness of the things that have happened in my life that have been traumatic and what I need to do to continue to move through those and work through those. So I'm so excited. Alexa has incredible energy and so much insight. I think she'll be super helpful for you guys. But before we dive into that, I do want to share a few announcements. First off, enrollment. We just have a few weeks left for enrollment of the Gut Reset Protocol. I know a ton of you guys have been asking me about it. And I wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to enroll if that is something you're interested in. Please shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Keep your eyes peeled. I will be having a info session or a webinar all about gut health, gut dysbiosis, leaky gut. And again, if you're experiencing symptoms like acne and extreme fatigue or brain fog, slurred speech, having you know, digestive symptoms, or you're having multiple of these, let's chat and see if this is a good fit for you. Now, it's not the perfect fit for everyone. And the, and the gut reset is a lot of work. So I am looking for people who are ready to really transform their health and come out the other side a new person. The second announcement is this is the last week to enroll for the prize giveaway for the review. So if you love this episode, if you've been sharing it with your friends and family, or if the show has just brought some sort of inspiration to you, I would greatly appreciate any feedback you have. And you can drop over to iTunes, just leave a little review, and I will add you to the prize giveaway. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Alexis. 
So today we have Alexis Mercado on the show and she's going to be talking to you guys all about healing trauma, how to move through that. A lot of you guys have been asking me questions and shooting them on the Instagram story and I'm going to be real. I do not have the tools or the equipment to answer those. So I'm bringing on an expert, someone who works with us daily. And Alexis, why don't you, mm -hmm. first of all, tell us how you say your beautiful name the correct <laughs> way. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then dive in and give us a little bit of your story and how, you're, how you became to do, be doing the work that you're doing today. <laughs> awesome. So how I say my name is Alexa Medgado. And oh. I am Puerto Rican, so that's it's how. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, how I got started in this work in my own life, I experienced trauma very early on. I experienced sexual abuse from ages six to eleven, and even before that, I lost um, one of my closest uncles who passed away when I was five years old, and. It was really heartbreaking. I had this huge disconnect. I felt this significant loss. And then right after that, I experienced sexual abuse for the next five years after that. And just the combination of the trauma really set me off on this path where I was living two different lives. On the outside, I was an athlete. I was a straight A student. I was the good girl and everything looked like it was great. I have had plenty of conversations with family members where they were like, wow, like we thought you had the best life growing up because you just look like you could always take care of yourself. And for me, that was like a big issue is because I did make sure that I was taking care of myself because I had experienced such trauma. And so there was a big disconnect there that I continued to live in. And what that eventually taught me was that I started to seek outside resources in order for me to feel better on the inside. And this led down a path of drugs and alcohol for a very, very long time until I got sober. And, you know, when I got sober, I actually got sober because of the work that I do with people today. And the work that I do with people is transpersonal hypnotherapy and coaching. And I had met a transpersonal therapist and I went to an experiential workshop. And in that workshop, we did meditation, we did chanting, we did deep personal healing work, uh, we did release work, and it changed my entire view on my life and what my life could look like. And so I went on to do more trainings. And at this point, I was already a therapist, but I was a therapist that again was living two different lives mm -hmm. and so I eventually got sober um, in that program and did lots of healing work and deep intensive emotional transpersonal work that not only changed me but it changed my relationship with my family it changed my relationship with my friends I got out of some unhealthy relationships that really were not working for me but I had settled in and so I was really able to let go of a lot of negative beliefs and <clears throat> negative beliefs and some behaviors that I really realized was not benefiting me anymore in my life. And I think as individuals who have struggled with trauma, as individuals who have struggled with trauma, we, we use all the tools until the tools don't work anymore. 
And then at that point, we're in crisis mode and we're like, okay, what can I do now that will help me get out of that? And that's where I help people now is helping them to recognize that the outside tools that they've been using have not been working and they stopped working a long time ago, but because they don't understand that there's a new path and there are new tools available to them, I help them connect with that. And nine times out of 10, the answers lie within yourself. You really have that medicine to heal and that uh, and within you. And I tell my clients that all the time, they have the strength, they have the inner resources, and I help them find their own personal resources and strengths that are within them and unique to them because what works for me may not work for you. And, and that's why I love this work and I've continued to do this work for almost 10 years now. Okay, so the question I have, I guess, with that is, what did that light bulb shift look like for you? Like, what mm. what was the mindset shift that occurred when you did this trans healing? Um, so, what I'll start with is transpersonal. I'll explain it first because it'll make a little bit more sense. So, transpersonal work is being able to tap in, tap into your spiritual belief system, and your spiritual principles and the spiritual connection that you have doesn't mean it has to be a significantly large connection, but we each have some type of spirituality inside of us. And so the minute that we start to connect with it, and for me, that connection came, we were in the middle of a process where we were doing emotional release work around forgiving our parents. And for me, I had so much weight on me around my mom and my dad and things that I had blamed them for and that I wasn't willing to let go of. And in that moment, I realized that my mom and dad were just human beings Mm -hmm. and they had their own experiences in their own lives that led to them meeting and then co-creating me. Mm -hmm. And so when I was sitting there realizing that my parents were just human beings, just like I am, just like you are, just like we all are, who make mistakes and do the best that they can. I literally broke down in tears. Like it was uncontrollable sobbing, just recognizing the humanness in them Mm. and how much I love that about them, that, that they're just human. And I didn't, it it just, it was just like a complete shift. It went from, you're supposed to be the everything to you're just human. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that you're human and I forgive you and I forgive myself and I let myself off the hook Mm -hmm. for constantly blaming you for being the reason of why I thought I was the way I was, which is false. It's a false narrative because at the end of the day, we all co-create our situations And I know some people may not believe in that, and that's okay, but that's the belief system that I operate under um, as a transpersonal therapist and someone who's done the transpersonal work because that's the spiritual aspect of it. We came down here to this planet to be born to achieve certain things, and we don't get to say how those lessons come out and play when we sign up for them. And it it was a huge shift in that moment. But what I'll also say is, yes, I did have that significant shift, but because my mindset had been so stuck on that for so long, 
it did take more, which is why I continue to do the healing work. It took more work Mm -hmm. to really reinforce that belief, that new belief system of humanness. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's, it's, I feel like everyone's experience, anyone who's had a, any sort of spiritual breakthrough has experienced this. We're like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I'm healed. I have the answers. It makes sense yeah. in my head now. And then all of a sudden, like you start to slip back and you're like, Oh mm-hmm. no, I actually have to heal all the wounding and all mm-hmm. the patterns and all of the things that are, you know, keeping me stuck in that, that thought loop. And so it's fascinating to like have the breakthrough, but then having to continue to do the work, I think is, is a big part of like moving forward and moving through it. So yeah, I love that. Um, I'm just like, everything yeah. is just resonating right now. Yeah. And I agree with you a hundred percent is that we, we have a tendency as human beings to think that when we are engaging in our healing journey and healing can be not just from trauma, but from anything. And when we're on our healing journey, we think that it's a, de- a, a destination. Like we're going to just get to that one spot and then we're going to be fine, but it's, but it's not, it's a journey for a reason. There is no end destination. It is unfolding layer after layer after layer and not in a struggling way, not in a tiring way, but in a beautiful unfolding where if I keep going underneath the trauma or if I keep going underneath this pattern, what I eventually get down to is who I am at my core. Mm. And who I truly, who I truly am and came to be and who I desire to be each and every day that I live moving forward. And that's really what the work is about is taking off the layers of crap that we have upon us, the veils that block us from seeing the world in a genuine way, seeing ourselves in a genuine way, and just being able to move forward Mm. without having veils upon our face. And I really think that's the journey. Mm, Absolutely. Like getting to truth. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how does the the transpersonal healing and and that method, how does that differ from the traditional therapy? Mm -hmm. So transpersonal work differs because it's not traditional talk therapy. So in traditional talk therapy, you're sitting in session with your therapist anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, and you're basically kind of talking, it's like, oh, I'll use this example, it just came to me. It's like you're, you're sitting there eating pizza, but you're eating the crust. You're not, you're not, you're not getting to the good stuff, right? That sucks. I know, I know. And this is Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that some, some therapists do a really great job of eat, helping their clients eat the crust and then start touching the cheese, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to come off as someone that's like bashing traditional talk therapy because I've done that with clients as well. But what I have found is that when you incorporate the spiritual elements to therapy, you're helping your clients heal on a much deeper level. And so with transpersonal work, we're doing hypnotherapy, which is regression therapy. We are doing breath work, mm-hmm. we, which is allowing yourself to breathe into your body and have a spiritual experience while also releasing shock and trauma. Um, breath work can primarily be used to heal birth trauma. Um, and there's lots of research on this. And 
um, the Wellness Institute, which is the, the institute that I trained at and continue to train at for the last 10 years. They have lots of research on birth trauma and how you can heal your mind and your body through doing hypnotherapy and doing um, breath work. And we also do psychodramas, which is where you can step into staging and you have different people play different parts and you're able to do some experiential release work around that. And <clears throat> primarily what I do with my clients is I help them realize that Again, the resources that they have to heal are within themselves. So we use their wise adult. We build a connection to their inner child so their inner child can tell them what lessons, what patterns need to be released and healed. We connect them to their inner visionary. So if they're feeling like they don't have clarity, they don't have direction in their life, we do a meditation where they connect with their inner visionary and then they're able to anchor it. So moving forward, the next time they have an issue and they're like, oh, I don't really know which direction to go into, they pull out their anchor, they start envisioning it again, and then they're now connected fully with their inner visionary, and they're able to make decisions that are clear and um, moving forward. The research shows that when you engage in hypnotherapy versus traditional talk therapy, you heal three times faster. Mm. So you can go into a hypnotherapy session, have one session, and feel yourself physically change, emotionally, spiritually change immediately after you're done with that session. Mm. You're going to feel it in your whole body because the work that we do addresses your mind, your body, and your spirit, which is different than traditional talk therapy. Mm. Traditional talk therapy, you have to go to one person for your body, one person for your mind, and then another person if you want to address your spirit. Mm. Or maybe two out of three you get at most. But with transpersonal therapists, you're getting all three in that one session. Mm. And we also use energy work, which, so for me, I use Reiki, which allows me to step in with my client to move and release with their permission subtle energies that are being present in their body and allowing us to transform the energy. I'm trying not to get too woo because I know some people might like get lost in this. Well, I have an episode like a couple before this one that's all about Reiki. So this, okay, is, all, this is all about okay. the woo. <laughs> okay. okay, great. So we, we use the Reiki energy to really clear out the patterns and the Reiki energy is helping us alongside with the hypnotherapy to cut cords to release patterns, to release those subtle energies, any attachments that are present in the mind, the body, and the soul, and really releasing them so that when you, even as I'm talking about it, I I can feel it in my body just talking about it because you're shifting the energy that's present in your body. And what that does is not only are you shifting the energy that's in your body, but when you're engaging in hypnotherapy alongside the subtle energy work, you are doing soul surgery and you are restructuring the DNA that's in your cells. This work has proven to not only heal trauma, but to help individuals who struggle with cancer anyone that struggles with um, diabetes, someone that that struggles with alcoholism or 
um, you know, any of those mind-body related conditions and behavioral conditions, it really shifts your body and your DNA so that you're releasing the patterns because a significant amount of time a lot of the patterns that are present within you are generational patterns that have just come down. Mm. So the energy that you are holding is not just your own energy or the energy of your significant other or your children or, you know, your, your pets or your friends or your family. It's also the energy that's come down in generations before you. Mm. I mean, we've helped people heal past lives. We've helped people heal, um, generational patterns of not being able to bear children. I mean, it, this work is truly miraculous. Uh, but I use it primarily uh, with trauma healing, trauma healing and energy management because that's just what I am called to do. But there's so much work that can be done with this. I love that. Especially the healing the past generation wounds like that is something that's been coming up a lot in the readings I've been doing and it's incredible like the patterns that are there in people because of generations before them like they will repeat the same patterns of past mm -hmm. generations and it's just it's incredible that to be able to like I think we're stepping into the age of breaking those chains like we have the tools we have the resources we have the energy shifts to be able to break those chains um, hundred percent agree hundred percent. And I think that's, what's so powerful is that we are in an age where we have the tools. So now we know better, so we need to do better. Hmm. And that's also what I realized. <laughs> yeah. And that's yes. also what I realized about that mindset shift that you asked me about with my parents is that that's what came to me about their humanness. They didn't know better, so they couldn't do better because they weren't, they didn't have that work available to them. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if they had that work available to them, then yes, they would have done things that, that would have shift gears. A hundred percent. Yes. So this is something that's been coming up a lot lately as, you know, how do we know what a trauma is? How do we know if we've experienced a trauma? And what if, and these are a lot of questions, so I can repeat mm -hmm. them, but there's like mm -hmm. all wrapping it into one because I think they're related. How do you know if you have a suppressed trauma, like something occurred, but you don't remember? I have a lot of friends who are like, I don't remember parts of my childhood or you mm -hmm. block parts out. You start losing memory around certain situations, you know. How do you know that there's a trauma there? Or maybe, you know, this is another thing that comes up is that people are like, I don't have any trauma in my life, but they're not remembering experiences that are traumatic because they're not, you know, it's maybe not something like sexual assault or, or mm -hmm. some of the bigger traumas, but they're not realizing they maybe experienced trauma in a different way. That's mm -hmm. a lot, but I'm just going to throw it, that out there. <laughs> It's, it's actually not, and I absolutely love this question every single time. I have talked about this with my clients for years. Everyone associates trauma with the higher-end traumas. So rape, sexual assault, murder, you know, some type of violence, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that I explain it to people is that trauma is on a spectrum. And so you have the low-end trauma, which an example could be when you were three years old, your mom left you in Walmart by yourself for five minutes. We look at that as an adult and we're like, it's five minutes, get over it, kid, right? 
But that three-year-old for those five minutes is completely panicked and frozen because they have no idea where the only person that they know in that store has gone missing. And they don't know if they're coming back, right? Mm -hmm. So that five minutes is full of panic, it's full of fear, and it's full of confusion, and it's full of shock. Then you have the higher end traumas that we talked about already that are more violent and assault. People experience traumas on the entire spectrum. Another trauma that people don't think is a trauma is parents divorcing. That's a trauma. Another trauma that people don't experience that they don't think is a trauma is not getting into the school that you wanted to get into. These, it's on a scale. It's on a spectrum from zero to 10, at least for me, I'll say zero to 10, because anything that puts your system into shock, that puts your system into overload is a trauma. And so when we are looking at that three-year-old, I'm going to go back to that three-year-old because it's a really good example of some, an adult saying that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But when that three-year-old's sitting there in Walmart and they're by themselves and they don't know where their parent is, there's a belief system that starts to occur. I'm not important. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Because if I was important, if I was worthy and I was good enough, I would not have been left alone by my parent. Mm-hmm. Now, the parent comes back in five minutes later and the kid's crying and screaming and the parent starts to then blame the child. Oftentimes that's what happens. Mm-hmm. The, plant, the parent will blame the child. Where were you? Why weren't you following me? Now that kid really starts to believe that they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And because they believe that they did something wrong, there's a belief system that it is now reinforced. I did something wrong. I'm wrong. I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And then they make behavioral decisions that line up with that belief system. So for someone, let's say this did happen to someone, they don't remember it, right? Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of times traumas stick out, we remember them, but sometimes it's like uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't realize that that event is still playing out in everyday life, right? So how it, can you do the work without knowing what the trauma is, I guess, is what I'm... Mm-hmm. 100%. So that kid that doesn't know, that kid that's now 15 years old, and they are acting out and they're engaging in certain belief systems and patterns, they, don't rem- they may not remember that three-year-old part of themselves that was left alone that started believing those thoughts. But if I were to sit down with that 15-year-old and do a session with them, probably odds are we're going to regress back to that point. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to see the connection. And then what that allows us to do is rewire their brain and allow them to choose some new belief systems and some new aligned behavioral actions and then anchor that in Mm -hmm. so that they can have that with them wherever they go. And so the, another part of your question too is what if someone doesn't remember? So this is what I want people to understand is that nine times out of 10, even if the trauma is significant, even if it's a sexual assault, I have worked with people who were sexually assaulted and had no recollection of it whatsoever. 
it was not until we started doing some of the transpersonal work that they then came to the conclusion during some of the regression periods that they were sexually assaulted or they had some other significant trauma. Hmm. Repression of trauma is the easiest thing to do because we have to remember that our ego wants to protect our body and our mind from information that can harm us or that the ego perceives is going to harm us. So if I, if I experience a significant trauma, anytime you, you experience a significant trauma, your body goes into shock. So it either goes into parasympathetic shock or sympathetic shock. And the parasympathetic is I'm just going, 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 doing things, being, you know, in robot mode. Sympathetic is, okay, I'm just like paralyzed in fear. Mm. And your body goes into one or two of those shock states. And when you go into those shock states, that's where repression can happen. And it just eliminates that entire experience for some people. Just because that experience is not in your active mind and recollection does not mean that you do not have residual effects of the trauma. There are so many people walking around this world that have significant anxiety, insomnia, alcoholism, depression, mood swings, rage swings, and they, they think that they have some significant mental health disorder. And really, it, on some level, there's unresolved trauma. Hmm. And so if you don't recall trauma, but you're willing, but you know that something's just not right, and that's the other thing too. You kind of voice this is that you you know something's just not right. You kind mm-hmm. of feel like something happened. Do the work to find out if something actually did happen. And it doesn't mean that you're on this quest to like go and find out if you experienced trauma. Because I've seen people do that too, and that's just like not the right way to go about things. Because um, if you're looking for something, you're going to find something, but you may not like what you find. So just going into the work as someone that's willing to do personal development and seeing what you find someone who's willing to unfold the layers and, and see what's underneath being curious. I I love this, you know, the, the whole concept of being curious about yourself and seeing how the patterns that are uncovered, how does that represent your life? Oh, so much good stuff. And I love that because it is, it's like, I just think there's a lot more trauma that is either, you know, got shushued when we were little, or we just didn't think it was a big deal, or we try to shove it down because we don't think it's a big deal, or it does get suppressed where we don't, we just don't remember it because it was so traumatic that our body is mm-hmm. us. And so I love that you can do the work and start, start to try to release whatever your body is holding within it. Cause I do believe like anxiety, depression, anger, those are feelings that are, you're holding on to because it, it hasn't moved through you yet. Right. Like you mm-hmm. haven't to release it. And so it's just beautiful that they can start to do the work if they're feeling something isn't right without necessarily knowing what caused mm-hmm. that feeling or that anxiety or that depression. Mm-hmm. And that's why breathwork is amazing too, because with breathwork, you're not even going into any story. You're not even going into any um, regression work. You're just breathing out any fear, any shame, any guilt, any um, 
toxicity that you feel in your body, any feelings of like loneliness, whatever it is that you are feeling in your body that you're like, I want to release this. Mm-hmm. You get to do a breath work session on it and just breathe it out. And when you're done with that session, you feel so much lighter and because you are moving that energy out of your body. And that's the thing is that it's so important to move the energy out of your body because if you allow that energy to stay in your body, that's where we create dis-ease. Mm. And that's where all these unresolved physical ailments start to come into play Mm. because we're not dealing with our mind. We're not dealing with the shock. And then we don't pay attention until it's in our body. Yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. so much of this is coming up right now. Oh, I just, everything you're saying is resonating and, and is so aligned with what I believe as well. So, Mm. oh, so I guess this is a good way to, I had a question from one of my Instagram girls is that, you know, she's a trauma survivor and she's wondering what the best way to help with the the PTSD effects. Mm -hmm. Like she's having a day to day, you know, what can she do to start releasing that now or start coping or managing that? So one, both the resources that I email to you are really great um, intros to starting to heal your body and your mind, especially with PTSD, because PTSD is like complex trauma. And so once someone is in that complex trauma, their mind and body are in like overload all the time. And so you want to be very mindful of feeling connected to your mind and your body okay, I'm waking up, I'm already in panic mode. I just woke up. How is it possible that I'm already in panic mode? I would take five to 10 minutes and just sit there and journal. I'm in panic mode. Where do I feel it in my body? What is it that I'm thinking about myself here? And then how is it that I decide to behave? Because if I sit there and I say, I'm feeling panicked, I feel it in my stomach, My thought system is I feel powerless, I feel worthless. And when I feel powerless and I feel worthless, I decide to just hide and isolate from the world. Well, if I continue to do those, if I continue to engage in those behaviors and those belief systems, I'm only going to perpetuate the panic that I already feel. So it's about doing something differently. So what she can do differently is and I'm just, I don't, I don't know this is her example, but this is what came to me intuitively. So if I'm waking up and I'm in panic, the first thing I do is I put my hand on my heart, I close my eyes, and I take a minute to really get in my body and breathe. And the minute that you close your eyes and you connect with your heart center, there is just a wave of calm that starts to kick in. And you can control your breathing so that you are really allowing yourself to fully connect with your heart center. And as you're connecting with your heart center, that panic is going to subside. And if it doesn't, if you, if you, for some reason, you sense that the panic is actually kicking up higher, then that's a sign that there is like significant shock present that needs to be released. Mm -hmm. So she could either get an ice pack or she could get a heat pack and then put it on whatever part of her body she feels the most panic in. Mm. So if she feels that panic on her stomach, 
she can sit there and put an ice pack on her stomach or she can put heat. Um, and the reason that we're using heat and ice is because that's treating the, the trauma and the shock. Mm. We really want to treat the shock because the shock is what puts us in that, that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And so when we start to treat the shock, it's easier for us to change our mind. And if we change our mind, we can change our behaviors as well. Or vice versa. I know some people will change their behaviors, which will then ease their, their mindset. Hmm. And, you know, some of the resources, so there's that, right? The heat and the ice. There is um, drinking a cool glass of water whenever you start to feel yourself go into that, that high intensity trauma mode. There is, I'm actually going to pull up the resource so that I can, because I know some of them, but I want to make sure I, I hit yeah. all of them. And while you, my l- l- words, <laughs> while I'm like so in a trance listening to you right now, <laughs> like this is incredible. So much good information. It's um, working. <laughs> it, it is. While you're pulling that up though, I just want to mention that Alexis will have that available in her trauma healing Facebook group which we'll link in the show notes afterwards. And we'll, we'll dive more into that at the end of the show, how you can get in contact with her. But she is giving, gifting that resource to all of our listeners, which I think is absolutely incredible because mm-hmm. lots of us women have experienced trauma. What is it? Two out of three women have experienced some sort mm-hmm. of sexual trauma. And that's just the sexual traumas alone. So right. most of mm-hmm. us have experienced something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I want to, um, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to go over those two shock states again. Okay. Because that way, when I talk about the shock states, then you can identify the tool that you want to use to treat that shock state. So the two different shock states is parasympathetic shock, which is passive, becoming paralyzed and unexpressed fear, anger, and rage. And I think I had switched them over before, but this is the actual this is the correct one. Okay. <laughs> um, and then sympathetic shock is becoming preoccupied with any activity. Okay. So when you think about it, that, that freeze mode, that is parasympathetic shock. And then fight mode is fight or flight mode is sympathetic. Hmm. So the tools that we want to use Um, the first one I told you guys about is taking a sip of like cool, refreshing water because it's really going to help you get into your body. The second one we talked about, which is having an ice pack or heat pack on any area in your body that you're feeling pain or discomfort and, and the pain or discomfort can be an emotion. So if, if you feel a lot of shame in your back, then you're going to want to like put it on the couch or, or the bed or wherever, and then just lean back into it so that it's clearing all that up. Another one that is like really easy and all these tools are like really easy that you can do no matter where you are. So the third one is just changing your, your posture and moving your body. And so yogis love this because you can do like one or two yoga moves. You can do like a child pose. You can do like whatever it is that you want to do, shifting your body, moving your weight around so that you are actually feeling yourself in your body. Because when we are in shock, we're not in our body. So the first step is getting in the body so then we can treat what's going on. Um, Fourth thing is taking a few deep breaths. 
like I said, closing your eyes, put your hand on your heart and just take in like slow, deep breaths where you're just breathing in, you hold it for a second or two, and then you slowly let it out. You don't want to rush it. You really want to take your time here and just, cause they're cleansing breaths and they're allowing you to breathe into your body, which again will shift your energy. Uh, for some people who work in an office building, if they want to go walk up and down some stairs, like just go take a break and walk up and down some stairs, that will help them get in their body. And then my favorite one besides breathing and putting your hand on your heart is actually making eye contact with people. Oh. Uh, yeah, it is so powerful because when you're sitting there and you're making eye contact with that other person, and this is really good for couples, um, you know, if you have a significant other that struggles with trauma, it's really good to build intimacy and connection and to have them feel supported. And you think you're not doing anything, but you are literally changing their world in that moment where you are making eye contact with them and just really holding them in that moment where you're getting brought back into reality. And this is also something that you can do on your own. Like if you don't have someone around like you're by yourself and you find yourself in the middle of a, a panic session go and and you know put the camera on your phone and just look at yourself and make eye contact with yourself or look in a mirror and make eye contact with yourself in the mirror because you're still getting that eye contact and you're still getting that powerful deep connection so you can do this whether you have someone around you or you don't have anyone around you I love that. And such simple things you can do when you're feeling, you know, cause I think sometimes we can get so easily sucked into that and mm -hmm. struggle with anxiety for a long time. And it still pops in once in a while. And I do notice my, like, first thing that goes for me is eye contact. If I know I'm mm -hmm. not making eye contact with other humans, I'm like, oh shit, my anxiety is like, or, you know, I'm just feeling a little more anxious that day. And so mm -hmm. uh, like dropping in and making eye contact with other humans always brings me like it's some, I, I've noticed that it's just like this wave of relief comes over. And it's really interesting that that's a tool for PTSD is such a simple thing to implement. So I love that. Love yeah. That. And it's definitely, you know, having worked with people who have complex PTSD, complex trauma, when I tell you that it is such a powerful tool, like I cannot stress it enough. I have had clients who just break down sobbing. And I, I've been, when I was doing my own personal work and in such intensive states of shock, just having that person make eye contact with me, it is so grounding because you're having someone witness you in your vulnerable state. And there's a, there's a, a beautiful bond and connection that's created there. So it's definitely a powerful tool. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go on another question from one of my lists or one of my Instagram friends. Let's get it. Okay. So, so one of the questions I got, and this one broke my heart is, do you ever really truly feel healed? Like she knows it gets better, but do you ever feel like you fully healed? So this question comes up so much. What I will say is, it, again, it's about layers. Um, I'll use myself as an example. When I talk about my sexual trauma, when I talk about my grief and loss issues, and when I talk about my addiction, I can talk about that like there's nothing wrong with it because I've fully healed from that. In the sense of 
I know that I've done a lot of healing work around it. I feel confident about who I am as a person now and the belief systems that I've changed, the action steps that I've taken to change. Now, I don't want to lie to you either and say, well, it's completely like resolved because it's not because underneath the pattern of addiction, underneath the pattern of grief and loss and underneath the pattern of sexual trauma, for me, I discovered that there was a deeper pattern. It's resistance to life. And so that's the pattern that I work with now. Mm. So when we do the healing work, whatever you're facing in that moment, you're going to get so much healing from it and you're going to feel really good about it. But I also want to have people be aware of that there's other layers Mm. that are deeper, right? But the good thing is, is that what I can say is that that victim energy goes away, right? That, that energy of like, oh my gosh, all this stuff happened to me. Why me? Poor me. I don't understand why all of this happened to me. Like that goes away the more that you do your healing work. And then you start to realize that the, the work that comes up, like when I talk about like the resistance to life, like that's work that I'm doing for the collective, not just for myself the more that I show up and I address the resistance to life from a collective pers- uh, perspective, the more that it helps other people heal as well and show up and not have that resistance. Mm-hmm. So you start to shift out. What I, what I feel more comfortable saying is you shift out of the I and you start stepping into a we mm-hmm. where you're, you're doing your work, not just for you, but for the ripple effect that it has on other people. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. Yeah. Chills. And I think sometimes too is like just talking a little bit further on that victim mentality as a, it, it's easy when stuff happens to us to want to, and, and I'm never saying that what happens to people is okay. Right. Like trauma is right. not okay, but I think it's no. really easy to step into the why me and, and want to like not deal with it or, or, mm-hmm avoid it or shove it down or, you know, it gets shoved down as a, as a, you know, as a survival modality, but Mm -hmm. even the, the, the traumas that I've experienced that haven't been as traumatic, maybe as, you know, maybe they're not a 10, but maybe they're a three or a four or a five. Mm -hmm. Those traumas have been something that I've been able to help other women with. Mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that our wounds are something we get to bring as a gift to other people because if we can like you said the we stepping into the we, if I can heal my own wounds I can help someone else heal um, mm-hmm. how do we shift though make that shift from I'm a victim or this happened to me to something different like what what are your thoughts around that I love that question. Thank you for asking that. So there is, um, so in the modality that I'm trained in, there are certain behaviors and belief systems that are associated with the victim mentality. And so what we do is it's, it's all based on a pyramid. And so you address certain layers before you move to the next thing. And so we would learn about codependency. 
and we would learn about how codependency is like the foundation of victim mentality and how if you are worried about other people and putting other people before yourself and and not taking care of your own needs and um, being in a victim triangle is what we call it. Um, Our teacher, she taught us about the victim triangle and how everyone is either in a rescuer mode, persecutor mode, or victim mode. But ultimately, underneath all of these modes and all these roles is a victim, right? And so when we can recognize which role that we are in and then decide to step out of that role and not just decide to step out of it, but step out of it and then complete the action steps necessary to stay into an independent role, that's the foundational setting right there. It's not enough to say, I want to change or I have a desire to change. You have to do the work, the deep healing transformational work that it takes to line up with the vision that you have for yourself. And so if someone is in victim mode or they, maybe a lot of people don't even know they're in victim mode. Let's be real. Okay. Like a lot of people don't even know that they're in victim mode. So if you find yourself wanting others to hold, wanting others to do things for you, or you find yourself blaming other people for why your life is the way it is. Like I've had people come to me because they blame the weather. They blame Mercury retrograde. They blame um, their parents. They're blaming all these other people for why they are the way that they are in their life. That is ultimate victim mode because what it does is it puts you in a position of powerlessness and saying that you don't have any responsibility for the decisions and choices and actions that you take in your life. So the minute that you can sit there and you can say, on some level, I co-created this situation. Then if you can acknowledge your role, not the whole thing, right? I'm not saying 100% responsibility, but just what you brought to the table. If you can own what you brought to the table and how that had a ripple effect on you and start to change yourself, then that will shift you out of victim mode and shifts you into personal responsibility. At the end of the day, as human beings, we all have to take responsibility for our own thoughts, our own actions, and our own belief system. Mm. And when we don't do that, we stay in the role of victim. So what are maybe some really easy things people can do to start to shift out of that right now like let's say they're catching oh my gosh I'm relying on my you know my romantic partner to make me feel good I'm relying on my job to be make me happy like whatever it is how can how can people start to shift out of that victim mentality and put the put the responsibility back on themselves to make themselves happy and heal themselves or you know move through this whatever it may be So I think the easiest thing to do is to start by saying, I I forgive myself. I recognize that I've been in victim mode. Okay, I need to change. And I acknowledge that this wasn't the best way for me to be. And acknowledge the secondary gain that came from it. 
right? Like how great does it feel in the moment to blame other people for the situation that you're in or to kind of just like have everybody do everything for you? Like that kind of feels good, you know? And for someone that is in a victim stance, in the moment, it feels very powerful. And so understanding that your power actually lies within you. And when you reclaim your power, and reclaiming your power could just be as simple as, you know, I always let my significant do, significant other do the laundry because I hate doing the laundry and I'm going to put on a show to just make, make them know I really don't like doing it. And please, 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 would you do it? Acknowledging, you know what? I was being manipulative mm. and that, that was not okay. And go tell your significant other, hey, I was manipulating you because I just didn't want to do the laundry. I was being lazy. Like, I'm going to do the laundry. Mm. It's those simple things, like just owning your choices, Mm. saying, you know what? I stayed at the job that I stayed at because I liked being around negative people or I liked or I felt comfortable getting paid what I was getting paid. I didn't want to take a chance and step out and make more money and, and have opportunities um, unfold for me because I was scared. I was terrified. Mm. Being able to acknowledge some of these things. And if we're talking about trauma, you know, not, you know, this one I want to be really sensitive with because I think some people may not fully understand this, but sitting with yourself and identifying how could I have invited this into my life? How could I have opened a door for this incident or for these things to have happened to me? Because the thing with trauma is when you unknowingly, you know, especially if it's at a young age, it's unknowing, um, open that door, what tends to happen is repeated traumas occur because now there's a vibrational energy there of this has already happened and you become a vibrational match for that. Mm. And it takes you claiming personal responsibility for saying, this is not what I'm allowing into my life anymore. And I'll, I'll use myself as a personal example, like with the sexual abuse, like all the work that I've done, I know that the way that I open that door is I lost my uncle. I was really sad. I wanted that, that relationship. And then I opened myself up to having a relationship with someone else that I thought was healthy. And then mm-hmm. it, di- it wasn't healthy. I trusted the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So if, at six years old, I didn't have the discernment that I have now at my age, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to tell who's a healthy person, who's not a healthy person. So we don't blame that six-year-old. She's just a six-year-old. She didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And, and just being able to, as that healthy adult, that wise adult, come in and say, it's okay to that six-year-old. You didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. I, I'm here to take care of you. I have the discernment. And you don't have to worry about not knowing who to trust and who not to trust. Because I've done the work to learn who to trust and who not to trust now. You can trust me that I'm going to take care of us. And, and that's part of the inner child healing and the transformation that takes place is that you come in from a healthy, wise adult place and you, 
you do the work around healing the wounds that are that those little kids just didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I can think about some of my own traumas and how Mm -hmm. they were my wake up calls. And the longer I ignored Mm -hmm. the trauma, the more traumas I, I really did call in. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I don't blame, like you have to release the the blame and the judgment and Mm -hmm. the anger with yourself for calling for calling in the crappy things that happen right yeah once you have that awareness you're like oh my god what have I been like putting out there to the universe (laughs) all this time yeah same time it's you know at some level that was serving you at the time and and that is the path that you chose to go down for a reason and and Mm -hmm. it was part of your journey and now you're able to go back and and heal that and move through it and mm. Mm And that was something so important. So I just want to highlight it again, what you just said. That's the energy that you were calling in at that time. That doesn't mean that that's still the energy that you choose to call in at this time. And that's the healing work, right? Shifting the energy, becoming a vibrational match for something else so that you can move forward. And and I just thought that was beautiful. I really wanted to just highlight that again, because that's really powerful. And I want people to be aware of how important it is to shift their energy, um, not just about mindset and some of the other behavioral actions as well. Oh, yeah. That just like spark, you know, I think you start the personal development journey, you start to do the work and like you get it mentally. Like I always Mm -hmm. talk about this, like I get things mentally, but physically until I feel them, they don't happen. Like I get, like I read the abundance mind, like, you know, reading about the abundance mindset, thinking about it. I'm like, I get this. Okay. I just have to think rich. And then it wasn't until I really felt it in my body. I released the energy around paying bills. I like, then the money Mm -hmm. started to flow in. So it's just like, when we feel it in our bodies, we will attract what mm-hmm. we want, but it's not until we feel it and embody it. Yeah. We can think it all day and it's not going to go away. Yeah. The feeling, the feeling component is the most powerful tool that we have. Mm-hmm. The, what we feel in our bodies is so powerful and it can really change the course of our life. The minute we start to feel in our bodies, that's when we can envision and we can actually like start planning things out. So if I feel in my body that I'm abundant and I, I, I envision myself abundant and it feel and I feel all the feelings that come along with being abundant, well then now I have a vision of how who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to behave, and then I actually go through with that. The same with the trauma healing. It's like I know what it's like to be someone living with trauma. What would it feel like? If I didn't have my trauma, what would it feel? What what would I feel in my body? Would I feel calm? Would I feel relaxed? Would I feel at peace? Would I just go through life being at ease? You know, not afraid to like walk on eggshells or, you know, not cower when I hear a loud noise or not panic when I, you know, see someone standing right behind me. Like that's where the shift begins to occur. When you can feel in your body the new changes that are occurring because you're starting to think differently. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have another question from an Instagram friend. Mm -hmm. So this one also broke my heart. How do you Mm -hmm. heal your heart when someone you love left you for someone else? Oh girl. (laughs) I know. I, I teared up when I read it. I was like, Oh, Oh, my whole heart. I love this question. And I love this question because 
I did it. <laughs> I did the, yes, I, I did this work. Okay, girl, let me tell you. So I was in a relationship um, and it was full of lots of unhealthy behaviors and patterns. And when I started, we were actually doing this work together. We went to couples therapy a couple of times. It wasn't really working out. And then he was doing the transpersonal work with his therapist. I was doing my transpersonal therapist uh, work with my therapist. And I started to realize that I was actually doing the work. Like I felt different. And what I realized is I called this relationship into existence. I manifested that relationship. Mm. That relationship taught me so much about myself. It taught me how unworthy I felt, how incomplete I felt without another person, how intensive my codependency was, and how, how and why my addiction spiraled out of control even more because I needed all this external stuff to feel good about myself. So I manifested someone that would do and reinforce those things in me as well. And I ended up getting cheated on. And in the moment I was like, I don't even understand how this is happening. But inside of myself, when I'm being honest, I knew. I knew that my heart was being broken. I knew that betrayal was present. I knew that this relationship wasn't going to work out. But I stayed in the relationship because I just didn't want to be single. Mm. So when I realized, we were at an event and I realized this is not how I want to live my life. Like, I don't want to be with this person and I, I can't take this heartache anymore for myself, for this relationship. Like, he's hurting, I'm hurting. Like, this is not working out. Like, I ended the relationship. And I'm sharing that because I want people to realize that just because you end a relationship doesn't mean that your heart's not broken. Mm. Oh, great. And, <laughs> and it was, and my heart was broken because he left, I left, and what I was left with was myself. And I really had to take a close look at who I was as a person and what I was allowing myself to tolerate in life. And this was the biggest lesson that I needed to learn. What was I allowing in my life? So girl, if you are listening, I hope you are, you know, look at the, feel your feelings, babe. Okay. Feel your feelings acknowledge all the feelings that are coming up, any sadness, any loneliness, any heartbreak, any shame, any guilt, anything. Feel those feelings and allow yourself to be gentle when you're feeling those feelings. Hmm. And after you feel those feelings and you feel a little bit more grounded, I'm going to encourage you to get real with yourself and to really look at yourself and that relationship through a fresh pair of eyes. Was that relationship really everything that you thought that it was supposed to be? Were you fully being yourself in that relationship? Were you 
fully stepped into that relationship. And notice that I'm saying all these things about you, because that's really what this is about. It's about identifying and taking responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. And him leaving you or your significant other leaving you, I can't remember if you said it was a guy or girl, so I apologize. Um, your significant other leaving you is an opportunity knocking at your door for you to create some intensive transformational healing in your life right now. Mm -hmm. And for you to say what it is that you actually want in a relationship moving forward. Because when we separate from someone, odds are we're separating from them because we know that it's not really what we want. And it's not really what we were calling into our life. It's someone that we called in because we were feeling some type of way. Mm. Maybe there was some loneliness. And I think that if you can give yourself the space to feel the feelings around it and then take a good hard look at what you brought to the table, you, you can definitely start to feel a little bit better. And, you know, if this is something that you want to talk about a little bit more, feel free to message me because, like I said, I've been through it and it took me a year to really shift my mentality around that relationship mm -hmm. because I was in victim mode for so long and I did blame him for a long time. And I realized, like, it was me. At the end of the day, it was me. And there were a lot of things that I put out there that attracted him in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and my greatest lessons in relationships came from that relationship. So I'm actually like very grateful that I was in that relationship. And I have a lot of, you know, care for him and, you know, the relationship that he's in now. And I think that we both ended up getting exactly what we wanted, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And I think another thing from having been through some relationships I call in for growth, right? Like mm -hmm. remembering that when we call in those relationships, they can feel really, really like high energy, like obsessed. Like whenever you're feeling that obsession and that like that just – so overtaken by someone right mm -hmm. like you feel like your world is gonna shatter when they walk away mm -hmm. know that that is a love coming from your wounds because that person mm -hmm. is filling up all of your wounds for you and that when they walk away or when that goes away or it's an opportunity like you said to to heal yourself like you have all of your wounds are open and there and you can see them because when they walk away now all of those wounds are exposed so use this as an opportunity also to figure out what wounds have been triggered and especially if you're hanging on to someone who's done some crappy things to you or put you through some hell you know like you said you call part of that in for a reason and you're holding on to that relationship for a reason you know whatever wounds were triggered mm -hmm. has this beautiful opportunity to heal and so oh yeah relationships are what expose our wounds and they're what are there to get us to grow more quickly, I believe. So mm -hmm. I agree a hundred percent. Like when we are in relationships with others, we are 
repeating some behavioral patterns and some relational patterns that we are trying to resolve. And so that that's the important part about relationships. The important piece about it is that we're always undoing something in a relationship, you know, and this is on both ends, you know, we're connecting with others because there's this pattern that we are attempting to resolve. And so are they. Yes. Okay. This conversation has been so incredible and (laughs) I'm loving all that. I have two more questions for you. Uh, Great. The first one is, you know, what if we have a loved one experience trauma? How can we be there to support them through that? And what can we do as someone witnessing someone in pain from a past trauma to help them move through this? So I think the best way to help a loved one that you see experiencing difficulty with trauma is being supportive. And so being supportive doesn't mean that you're sitting there and you're a cheerleader, okay? It means that you're sitting there and you're just honoring their feelings and their experience. Don't judge. Don't attempt to give them feedback or advice or encourage them to do a million things. Like, when people are, like, dead in the middle of all of that shit, they don't want someone in their ear saying all this stuff. They just want someone to listen to them. And I think the best thing that you can do if you are with a loved one who is experiencing this is give them a hug. Let them know that you care for them. Let them know that they are supported and that they have someone that has their back. And that if they ever want to talk, you're there to just sit and listen. Because when you sit there and you listen to their story, you're holding space for them to really let go of some of those wounds and release the feelings and connecting with someone and watching another person share their vulnerability is more powerful than you telling them, go get help or go see a therapist or, you know, you should go to a support group or, or your drinking's getting out of control or your behavior's off the charts. I'm sick of it. Like they don't want to hear those things. They're so deep into their own wounded story that the only thing that's really going to speak volumes over all of that is love. Mm. Love is the most powerful language that you can, an expression that you could give them that's really going to connect with where they're at and it's going to override all the wounding. Mm. If they feel loved, if they feel connected, if they feel supported, then they'll ask you, where do you know that I can get help? Who do you know I can go to? Let them initiate it. Don't force it on them. Because a lot of people aren't ready. And the reality is, is that when you are experiencing trauma wounding, you're not truly going to get the benefit of the work unless you're willing to do the work. I love that. Oh, so much goodness and nuggets. And (laughs) it's bringing up too is like, I've shared traumas with friends in the past. And and I think if you've experienced trauma, knowing who's, who's, who's done their own work and is okay with vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, if we're opening up, I think sometimes it it can be scary to, to open up again when you've had 
rejection from your vulnerability. So just know mm-hmm. that choose wisely. And, yes. and if you do get the rejection, it's okay. Just know that there's other people who love you out there that are going to open their ears to hear the trauma you've experienced and hear what you're going through. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's such a, a beautiful way of putting it as well, because the most powerful tool I know besides love is like having unconditional love in a group setting. Mm. Um, that's why, you know, for me, this work is so powerful. That's why I created that container in my Facebook group so that these women can share what's going on with them. And so, and that's why we do the trainings too, because it's like, we need to know that there's a place for us to have support that is confidential and sacred. And, you know, having that discernment, like you said, is so important and not just being so deep in our wounding that we're willing to talk to anyone because, what you may be doing at the same time, I want you to be cautious is that by opening yourself up to speak with another individual about your wounding that you don't have discernment on, you are potentially opening up yourself up to more wounding by that individual who's not capable of holding the space for you. I love that. Discernment. Mm -hmm. Choose wisely. (laughs) Yes. Choose wisely. Okay. On a lighter note, this is my ending question every time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What does Alexis do to raise her vibration on a daily basis? Like what's your favorite thing to do to raise your vibration? Oh, I just got all the good vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I love listening to chanting music. Like it's my jam. You know, I wake up and depending on what kind of energy I have going on, how good I slept. I'm listening to one or 10 songs, you know, and then journaling because it's really important for me to be aware of what's happening in my mind and my body for the day, because it's going to show me if I need more self-care that day, where I need to just kind of be taking care of me and my energy levels. And as long as I do that, then I know my cup is full and then I can give to others. Mm. And I think it's just really important for me to, I love music. So connecting with music is definitely the, the best way. And then writing, I love writing. Love that. Those are mm-hmm. Incredible. Well, I've truly, truly love this conversation and just such a healing energy you give out. So thank you for oh, thank you. all of the knowledge, everything you do. How can listeners who are maybe going through some trauma, trying to heal their wounds, how can they get in contact with you? Um, what, what, what do you do as a provider? Like, give us all the, all the nuggets. Where can they find you? Or if they just want to hang out with you because you're an awesome <laughs> person, where can they find you? <laughs> so what I would say is if they are looking to connect with me, they can catch me on Instagram and it is at I am Alexis Rose or on Facebook. It's the same name. So it would be www.facebook.com forward slash I am Alexis Rose. I will share that I am more active on Facebook because I feel like it's, it's more personal and because I have my group there. Um, And my group is um, the Firecracker Zone, and it's all about finding your inner resources and your inner strengths, learning how to manage your energy, healing from old wounds. And I, if someone is looking for like free resources and just a safe place to ask questions, get support, 
and feel like in a vibe of like spiritually like-minded women, like that is the place to go. It's definitely what I would recommend listeners do above anything because I'm very active in that group. And um, I'm con- like I said, I'm constantly doing trainings for them. And also it's a great way for them to put questions into the group and get support from other people. Mm-hmm. Whereas Instagram is more just them contacting me personally, yeah. which I'm fine with. I love building relationships. Like I'm all about building relationships. So anyone who hears this and they're like, Oh, I just want to talk to her. Like message me on Instagram or Facebook. Like, <laughs> I will totally talk to you. And like, give you all the vibes but then I'm going to tell you to join the Facebook group because mm. I truly believe healing occurs in a group setting so yeah, yeah. I love that mm-hmm. well I'm excited for people to connect with you because this has been incredible and healing for me so thanks again for being on the show and this was lovely oh, thank you I had such a great time and I have to say I love all the questions you know from your Instagram friends and they are really great questions so It was a a great time.